On the Wake Up Radio presents The Hour. You must remember, the enemy has only images and illusions behind which he hides his true motives. Destroy the image and it will break the enemy. The it that you refer to is a powerful weapon. What is the story we tell ourselves? And every story needs a beginning. Your imagined suffering makes you lifelike. Lifelike, but not alive. Pain only exists in the mind. It's always imagined. So what's the difference between my pain and yours? Between you and me? To find a solution to a problem whose answer you already know. The hour. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is The Hour with Cindy Ashby. And today, today, we are going to introduce someone has, who has been here before, but not here with me. So it's totally different. I would love for you to introduce yourself, guests, because I don't even want to say you're special. You're beyond special. You're amazing, brilliant, and just ah, everything. Introduce yourself, sir. Bosey Burton II. Awesome, awesome. Tell us, who is O.C. Burton II? Well, an awakened spirit uh, on the sojourn of trying to provide a channel to awaken other spirits or souls so that we can move along the path and journey of correcting, bringing solutions. I love it. I love it. Um, by the way, sign up for OTW Tube, T-U-B-E dot com, Uncensored Free Speech platform. You're listening to our Cindy Ashby. We're here with O.C., Mr. O.C. Burton the second. We're going to put some respect on his name Ozzy, tell us about your organization, your company. Well, um, Kid Shop Yet organization um, evolved here in Las Vegas from the Birmingham program we did back in 1995-96 at the Community Presbyterian Center. Um, funded by the Presbyterian uh, Church uh, servicing elementary school and I think it was Central High School the Inslee neighborhood which was a very successful program we have a a basketball player uh, overseas Manye Pratt, we have anesthesiologists, we have our ends, uh, business people, just an array of successful young people in Birmingham that came through that pilot program. And fast forward to 15, uh, after retiring in 212. I got bored and decided to upgrade the elementary, middle, and somewhat high school at the time to early learning two-year-old academy, in which we don't have one established yet. That's a goal of 2023. Um elementary school still, middle school still. We have a newly added high school program yet. Um, YAET is 21 to 34. Grown folks business program is 35 to 54. And then we have our senior program, which is age. Attitude, guidance, experience, entrepreneurship for the seniors, which we have yet to get that specific program going. That is uh, 
what we have done now with our board now that we finally got going in 2022 because we were ready to go in March of 2020 and COVID came. So it was a loss there. Um, I learned patience and perseverance, perseverance. So here we are now to provide that training. Uh, once we get totally up and running to be OJT for ownership training and then bringing in the businesses that I have uh, bequested to Kid Shop yet to provide the community with guidance and some responsibility in actually building a community because there are specific things, businesses, etc., that are in a community to make it one. As an ethnic group, we actually have neighborhoods according to the definition of community and capitalism. So I'm going to go a little bit off script for a second because I want to ask you, right, we're talking about Kids Shop yet. Uh, Can you give them the website for that? Yes. um, The website is ksyet.org. You know, you can access that. Uh, The unique thing about this program, other than what it does, it has accompanying internet radio stations, and you can get the link urbanstarradio.com forward slash WKRN, and that is Worldwide Kid Shop Radio Network. And we're beginning to put some program methods, commercials, etc., on there. Beautiful. Well, what I wanted to ask you is, was it a gut feeling that you needed to start Kid Shop yet? Was it something you went through? Uh, was it like you, you woke up one morning and was like, Eureka? You got what I'm saying? Like, how, how did that come about? Do you remember that moment? Yeah. Um, actually, uh, in 2014, I got bored. And that's somewhat from an array of accomplishments in life. And I traveled the country looking to leave Vegas. Also to check on my children uh, that were in the country to see if they were okay. And upon coming back to Vegas in the fall of 14, I'm still here. You know, I'm still somewhat as a boy. And my big brother, who has passed, Lou Raglan and I were talking. And I said, you know what, Lou? I'm going to start rewriting Kid Shop. So I went and got the old office space that I had left and the resident manager told me I'd be back. I'm like, no, I'm not, Bob, I'm done. I said, you know, I came out in Fort in 12. I stayed over, do some things. It's 14 now. And I did the traveling, came up with a void there uh, in which I hadn't been told to leave because it was a spiritual thing of me getting here. So <laughs> it's just um, one of those things. And I went and got the old office. Well, I got the office next to my old office. And Lou was with me. And I had a 70-page notebook. And I just walked in, put the key on the desk that I had left over there. Got down on the floor and started writing. Lou said, what you going to do? I said, I'm going to start writing. He said, you don't have no furniture. I said, all that stuff will come. I said, it's on my mind now. I'm going to start writing and get this done however long it takes because I don't know what the universe has. We're going to upgrade it and make it happen for the people. And that's what it was. Fantastic. Well, here's the thing. 
I had kind of like, it, it came to mind for me to name this one that we have failed our children. Because, you know, you and I, off of, off of this, we, we do have conversations. And it was something about, a you know, a story you were telling me about when you were young, the type of child you were. And I wanted to ask you, what was life like for you growing up? Because I, I, I want people to see the difference of how the children of today <laughs> are different from the children of tomorrow and yesterday, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I grew up in a rare city because there's few cities in this country that are surrounded by a metropolitan area. I grew up in Highland Park, Michigan, the city that Henry Ford started. That's where his first plant was. That's where the civil disobedience with the um, scabs or employees, the union came in and they had the big fight. Um, That's where his first laboratory was. And, you know, as they, uh, as whites, began to migrate out, um, I think my parents moved there in the early 40s. one of the first black uh, families there. And, you know, being as it was, he made sure that Holland Park had everything. And it continued up until about the mid-80s. I left in 82. There was one high school. Um, They were feeder elementary and middle schools. Um, It was a different kind of life. You know, we had our own mayor, school board, city council, police department, fire department, water plant, around the metropolis. Holland Park is historically the first city that had a paid roadway Davison freeway it was different you know there was bonding now let me say this it was only 2.5 square miles so no it, it wasn't big and everyone knew everyone just about from one side to another but when you got to high school you developed new friends on a daily basis because of the different sides of town. Today, Highland Park is in shambles. Um, I had planned to go back and do some things, but I just think that, uh, as my old principal told me, sometimes things have to die. Sometimes a seed has to die to germinate again. So I just let that go with that. But it was, um, (laughs) I didn't have any room uh, growing up in Pasadena and Hamilton. Very close, tight-knit area. I didn't have too much room to do the things that other children did in terms of behavior. Now, the extracurricular activities, you know, Humans are humans, and young people grow up and experiment. But in terms of behavior, my dad was a a, a firm disciplinarian, and my mom, you know, was the mother. Okay, keep it up. I'm going to tell your dad when he gets home. So I knew to stop, because I knew he didn't play that. He sat me down at a very young age and he told me that the schoolhouse was for learning. If I hear you doing anything else there, it's going to be me and you. And he was like 6'5", 6'6", 260, 270 at the time. So, you know, as I hear people talk about the things that they did, I didn't. 
I did what my father told me to do. I learned. And I took that learning out of school. He was part of the public safety department training officers at Wayne State University. So I went down there. I didn't like it because everybody knew me. I was privileged. You know, one time I was in the bookstore line getting books and public safety officer that my dad had trained. He came and got me him and another officer and took me up to get my books. I was the child. My mom was a bookkeeper. And she said, never put profit ahead of people. And I understood what she was saying because I saw this system and how corrupt it was. And speaking of corruption, Holland Park was very corrupt. And it still is today. That is what made the city become in shambles, the neighborhoods. And they just tore down our neighborhood. And it's basically a failed leadership, the lack of leadership, our people not understanding what the role of a city council is. It is the legislative body. It is a city where there's a strong mayor, weak council. So it was a different kind of situation. We had a swimmobile in our recreation department that went block to block, area to area, connected to the fire hydrant. And you were able to swim. The fun wagon, you know, it was like a U-Haul. The things that the U-Haul pulled, you know, with paintings on it, children playing in basketball. You pulled the rim down. They pulled it up, blocked off the street. You could play basketball. They had picnic tables. You could play games, etc., etc. And this was a summer activity. We had a very good library. We had a very good school system. Uh, the nursing school was like number one when my sisters and them came through school. And then uh, we had our own community college. That's all gone. But it was, I wouldn't exchange that experience to save my life. And it's made me the man that I am today and the man that my mom shaped me and molded me to be you know, along with my dad and my grandparents. Wow. Now, again, a, a, a bit off topic because you always give me food for thought. How How is it that you're able to see the, the lack of support? Uh, even our ta- the tax dollars are going to nothing. Well, not to nothing. It's fur coats and pearls of wives and mistresses, right? <laughs> And so how are you able to see, but because at the end of the day, politicians are servants, right? They, they don't tell us what to do. We're supposed to tell them what to do, right? That's like hiring a maid or a butler and them telling you, hey, go get me a drink. Uh, that, didn't, that don't work like that. And so how are you able to see as opposed to the, the people that need to see? Because we hold the power I'm I'm trying to understand how does one have the same indoctrination as everyone else and they're still able to see. Well, you know, Cindy, you said something that is correct, but it used to be like that. Politicians, see, when they became politicians, that was the problem because the Etymology of the word politics means to talk. Servants, that's what they used to understand they were because most of them were, you know, pretty good and decent people and they were wealthy, so they had the time to serve. Well, you know, me being the person I am, I speak truth to power. It's no longer that way. Most of the people that get into these elected offices locally and statewide, but definitely locally and county, it's probably the largest salary that they've ever had in most cases. So the system over the years has become tainted and corrupt. 
power corrupts absolute power corrupts absolutely and we're not our ancestors so a lot of people didn't get what I got I was mentored at the age of 19 by Congressman John Congress who passed a couple of years ago after they used the Me Too movement to get him out um, a lot of these people that that has happened to they had to be moved out of the way for the system to do what it has done you know with the changes and the COVID and the lock-ins and the lockdowns and you know the changes once we came out you couldn't do that with men standing in the way I saw it because I was taught by him what the system had turned into and also living in Holland Park you know under that corruption I could identify it very good and I made sure that I stayed away from it you know nobody's perfect I mean you know I had my troubled times but a lot of a lot of people do things but it wasn't the intention you know the outcome can become wrong but that wasn't the thought or the process moving in to what you attempted to do well with the elected officials because I don't call them politicians some of them do go in with a good heart but then you know the way the system is established you know you need to be a part of the network Uh, the good old boys network is still in effect when our people began to get elected I mean who trained them and then they tried to do what they uh, saw the predecessors do and they got locked up Alcee Hastings etc 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 so you know different spirits come to the planet to do different things I came to do what I'm doing this has to be corrected the legacy has to be left on how to correct it how to proceed with the protocol of correction and find the committed people that know it needs to be changed and right now that is the young the civil rights babies my mentor taught me one thing one of my mentors if you got a price, there's somebody willing to pay it. So when you hear sellout, you know, it's always a businessman or a elected official, etc. No. Some people sold out for minimum wage. Because once you get involved in this system of capitalism, and the question remains. Can there be morals in capitalism? And I'll refrain from giving the answer. It's yes, but it's a certain second part to it. It's difficult. And on behalf of those individuals that some might see me berating now, people have a tough time being human. People have a tough time gathering those human characteristics and doing them, using them, making it happen. You know, it's not easy. So, you know, I was just one of others who saw it for what it was and I opted out. And I'm glad I did. The Jesuits say, give me your child before he's eight, and I will show you the man. And this came to my mind after you told me a story the other day. And I I can't move on without you telling the rest of the world, the planet, the universe, the Milky Way. Because I want people to really understand who you are at eight 
I want you to retell that story about the lunch and the free uh, services because <laughs> that is, that that is in encompasses who you are as a man today. What kid shop yeah is everything, and I think the people need to hear that to understand who you are. Please. <laughs> well, we were in second grade, and. Uh, Safety patrol, and you know I'm I'm 66 now, so it might have been a higher grade, but I remember second grade. Um, not too much higher than that. I remember second grade, and we were safety patrols. And in the winter, they told us that we could, um, once we came in, off you know patrol standing on the corner and letting the younger kids cross the street. Um have hot chocolate and donuts. So when it got cold, the first day of the cold weather, winter season, I um, and the other safety patrol went in and um, we had hot chocolate downstairs in the little room that you went from one side of the building to the other. And we went to class. Well, the next day, Nothing was down there. You know, the table wasn't set up, no chairs. It was just an empty room. So everybody said, okay, this is no hot chocolate. You know, so I didn't say anything, but I went upstairs and I walked in the office. And I asked Miss Robertson, I let Miss Robertson, the secretary, know that it was no hot chocolate. And I asked her, you know, was it in the budget? You know, and the little guy, you know, they looked, everybody looked at me. And, you know, what do you know about budgets? You know, so she said, yeah, I'll see. I said, okay. So later on, I went to the captain and some of the other safety patrols. And I talked to them and I said, look, if we come back tomorrow or the next day and it's no hot chocolate, we're going on strike. We're not going to stand on the corner in the cold. We're going to come to the playground and we're going to wait till the bell rings and go to class. And everybody agreed. So that is what happened. We did what I said. And I got called to task for it. My cousin was the first black police officer in um, Highland Park. So... Before we did this, we let Tom, the crossing guard right there at Davidson and Hamilton, uh, about a block away, or really an overpass over the Davidson Freeway to Willard School, which is torn down now, uh, as are most of the other schools. We let him know what we're going to do, and we notified the police department. So they had cars in the area that was watching the children, and everybody's like, what? what's going on? So... <laughs> My cousin, he came and why are y'all on the playground? And, you know, so I explained it to him. And uh, he just kind of shook his head. And bell rung, went inside. You know, so they took me to the office. And uh, Mr. Eggleston talked to me, the principal. And I told him, you know, there's no hot chocolate, we went on strike. So my other cousin, Joe Holloway, he was the assistant principal, so Mr. Eggleston walked me into his office, and he, he just shook his head. He said, I got to call your mom. So just to let everybody kind of understand how I was able to derive at this, Detroit was a union town, and later on, my mom she became a union steward at the city hospital because she did not graduate high school and she went back when I was probably coming out of elementary school, going to middle school. But Joe got her on the phone and, you know, she wasn't surprised. And my mom and dad always supported me. You know, they were very supportive because I was able to communicate with them the things that I saw that were wrong. 
And that's been the problem in this system. Obey authority, obey authority, obey authority. But what do you do when authority is wrong or when authority makes an error? And what has happened in America is the people have allowed this to continue without actual confrontation, carefrontation, or the bringing forth of solutions. So, you know, back to finish the story, Joe Holloway, assistant principal, you know, he told my mom what I did, and uh, they talked, and when they got off the phone, Joe said, um, okay, we're going to make sure that we have hot chocolate down there, go to class. And um, I don't even know if they put it in my folder. But I remember it because my mother's sisters always kid me about it. And whenever I talk to them, they're in there. My mother's passed. They're in their uh, late 80s and 90s now. But my Aunt Anne, she always bring it up when I call her. And she says sometimes she even thinks about it today. How did a child have that much courage or have that much ability to go do that? And later on, that became my problem in Holland Park. A lot of my my um, students, my, my friends who were students, their parents didn't like me because I was doing adult things. And I I got more support than that. But, you know, I just kind of questioned, you know, why they didn't. And at times I was very abrasive, you know. But, yeah, that's what we that's what I told you about the other day. And, you know, it was just something I've always been solution oriented. And my dad taught me to take people to the point of no return. Don't allow people to BS you, you know, from here to there. You take control of the situation and you think about the point that you can take them to where they must respond appropriately. And I thank him for that. You know, and that's what I've done most of my life. It's been a bigger struggle out here in Vegas, you know, because the people are kind of different. But that's what people have to learn how to do. Be men and women about situations. Don't let people push you around as they sit on the streets. When I was coming up, punk you and, you know, just mistreat you any old kind of way. And that's what's happened. And it needs to stop. People call them the baby boomers. I call them the civil rights babies. They did not hold true to the people that made possible for us, because I'm one, to live our lives. And they used the benefits that was left by the four parents, but they didn't get involved. And probably because they really didn't know or understand the definitions of capitalism. You know, what is a community under capitalism? Well, community is controlled by the people that are there and you must own at least these things. A hospital, a school system, a supermarket, a financial institution, and one more that always evade me is five. I named four. But you must, the people that reside in that area must own and control those things. Not the system and then the people are just there and they have no say-so in anything. And that's what we particularly have allowed. But it came through deprivation. When you deprive someone of something for a period of time, a year or years, and then you turn around and say, you can, well, you got them. 
because they wanted to do that those years that you deprived them from it. So now they're stuck. And that's where we are. You ain't never lied. You know, I just came from, because uh, I keep it real, right? We all family, everybody listening. I just came from the grocery store. And uh, New York has dropped the mass mandates. Well, I tell you, it's more people wearing it than ever before. Newborns, babies, toddlers. I said, what the? <laughs> I know they watching TV because they're doing everything they're told to do. The people got so used to blocking air, oxygen, so their brain, they got it on, on them and the baby. And, and they're outside. I'm not even talking about a, a closed quarter. And it's windy as hell today. So you're right. You know, it's it's all psyops. It's a, a mind game. And you, before we go into our other portion, I wanted to ask you, are we failing our children? Are we? We have failed them, particularly the last two generations. Um, parenting, you know, because of the systematic process of uh, removing the man from the house, you know, during the welfare period of time, making drugs readily available. We didn't do that. And, you know, some other things that they did and planned. Parents, there are still a few left, but when a baby has a baby, who's going to teach who? And it's hard. And I see it a lot, and I do a lot of phone conversations with young mothers. They don't have a clue. The baby's hollering and screaming, and they're like, oh, the baby, ain't nothing wrong with him. Well, why is he hollering and screaming? Why? I changed them and fed them. Okay, it's more to it than that. Here's a new spirit, uh, an embodied spirit that's trying to find their way. Something's wrong. Maybe the baby needs to be held. I'm not going to hold them. Well, you, you can hold them too much, but then you cannot hold them at all. And the baby doesn't feel love. He doesn't feel affection. You know, so we've had a big mess. Here again, it has not been our fault. My dear friend, teacher, mentor, Dr. Richard Williams just passed. He wrote a book. They stole it, but you must return it. That's what happened. They have done things to infringe upon our lives. And we haven't been able to recover from those things that have been done. And a lot of people can't see those things. They can't see the injustices. They can't see the racism, the systematic racism. And I hear people talking about uh, that's crazy that they think like that. Well, my question is, if you have eyes that open and your sight is 2020, where have you been? Why haven't you been paying attention? It's continued since we got here. And now you want to turn a blind eye, a deaf ear, and converse about Oh, those things didn't happen. And why are they talking like this? That tells me that not only are your genes recessive, your mind is too. Well, <laughs> I tell you, I, you know what? You might have to start a church. Deacon O.C. Burton, the second. <laughs> Coming to your town near you. Because that was everything. That is the truth. Um, tell them where to find you, how to contact you. Um, website, ksyet.org. Um, phone number, 725-200-8342. Kidshop.org, K-I-D-S-H-O-P-Y-E-T-O-R-G, no period on Facebook and 
other social media. We really haven't built up the other social media, the Instagram. And we're also on OTWTUBE.com. Um, awesome. No, that's awesome. Well, let's, you know, let's, let's liven it up. And I'd like to play something called Rapid Fire. And I'm going to ask you a few questions. You can answer them. You can not answer them. Just pick one or pick whatever you want. It's our world. We just do what we want to do. We're like squirrels just trying to get a nut. (laughs) (laughs) TV or music? Music. Insurance or money under the mattress? Money under the mattress. Meat or vegetables? Vegetables. Holidays or birthdays? Birthday. Dine out or cook in? Cook in. You got a favorite food? Um, green beans. You got a favorite song or favorite music genre? Old school. Favorite book? Matter of fact, it was the song, one of my favorites, you played... Uh, coming in on the intro. Ain't no stopping us now. I knew I was psychic. Thank you. <laughs> favorite book. You got a favorite book? Actually, I will say it's two. And they're part of our curriculum. Community of Self by Dr. Naeem Akbar. And they stole it, but you must return it. Superpowers you wish you had? Invisibility. Why? Why? Yeah. Uh, I take the fifth on that. Because I was about to say, you anything but invisible, brother. I can see you. I can see you from here, and I'm in New York. I know, but you said superpowers I wish I had. But that don't mean you don't have them when you need to have them. <laughs> If you could come back to this place, would you be a tree, a mountain, a volcano, or an animal? A mountain. You got a favorite color? Blue. A favorite show as a child? Ooh. I think um, looking back, uh, the Untouchables with um, Elliot Ness. What's your biggest accomplishment to date or a, a collaboration you've done? Hmm. I think it was, you know, if you go on our Facebook page, it says, um, Borrowing $150 from your mother to start a business at 19 years old is a conversation to have. I like that. My ability to rearrange the flow of establishing a business uh, and omitting some steps that the system tells you to do and minimizing the money that you need to start in most most small businesses and home-based businesses, not a factory or anything. I think that has been one of my greatest accomplishments. I started a VHS store with uh, $86, 36 videos, and a business plan that I told I knew how to do and I was forced to do it on my own. Wow. Beach or pool? Beach. Action or comedy? Action. Shower or a bath? Shower. Love or money? Love. Love or respect? Respect. 
Reading or watching TV? I say reading. A friendship forever or a love of your life short-lived? Friendship forever. A pet peeve you got? A pet peeve? (laughs) Slowness. A fear you wish you could vanquish from humanity? The fear of confronting wrong within the system. You step into a time portal. What year would it be? And would you save anyone or change anything or just be an observer? What was that? 1619. So I'm going to go maybe uh, 1618 and keep our ancestors on the continent of um, Africa. That would have probably saved a lot. And it would have changed our presence here. Three people you wish you could meet and pick their brains. They could have passed, they could be living, or they could not exist in the future. <laughs> Jesus, Gandhi, Malcolm X. What would you tell yourself? as a teen or a little boy if you time travel back to yourself not to get married well you keeping it all the way real um (laughs) what do you desire for your life and legacy speak it into existence that um the program that the universe gave me to author touches those who want the mindset change needed and want to understand how to use their gifts to create an income for themselves, how to monetize their ideas, how to open the businesses that they want to open for a better lifestyle for them that I wish to accomplish. I thank you for playing rapid fire. I thank you. Tell them where to find you, how to contact you, your Facebook page, your website, everything. KSYET.org. Telephone 725-200-8342. And also uh, 702-504-7416. K-S-Y-E-T on Instagram, KidShopYet.org on Facebook, we're on LinkedIn, K-S-Y-E-T, and KidShopYet on O-T-W-T-B-E.com. Are you working on any projects right now that we you want to tell us about? Um... I'm trying to finish up a component of Kid Shop, a one-room schoolhouse. I'd like to see that come back. Okay. And is has it always been hard juggling being an entrepreneur and family life? Yeah, that's why I answered the marriage thing. <laughs> it's um, It's difficult. Because um, a lot of uh, females, women, you know, they look for that security. Uh, I mean, we made it, but it's tough. But once, you know, the flow is going, the business is up and running and cash flow, you know, those are the good times. But the initial period, and people don't know that a principle is nothing comes without struggle that initial period of struggle, it can be non-harmonious, you know. But, you know, we did it. Everything was uh, okay. Now, how have you found growth in the new world of 2020, the debacle of the quarantine? Were you able to sustain? How did that work for you? 
Well, you know, it was a a loss of money for uh, myself program, but it did teach me patience and perseverance. And um, I look back and I'm thankful for that because it did change me and it matured me. You know, probably last year, I've learned humility. You know, I used to be very confrontive and boisterous. I've at least toned it down now, but I can still say the same things a different way. And I attribute that to one of my mentors, uh, Dr. Suda. He's been a great help to me. Now, who, who has been supportive in your life? Who has been there for you? If you could give them a shout out, even if it's mom and them. Well, I'll just say everyone that's close to me and those that have touched me and given me advice. Because just to say a few names, it wouldn't do justice. And they know who they are because I've talked to them all. Beautiful. Now, what does vision mean to you? Vision is the ability to envision, see something that others may call a dream before it happens. Now, what advice would you give to others who want to accomplish the things you have? Mr. O.C. Burton II. You have to learn how to think for yourself because there is no thinking 101, 102, 103, or 104. That is not taught. You have to learn. You have to learn what commitment is and be committed to whatever your concept idea or thought is you must not be a sellout that's a no-no you have to get the work done to accomplish what it is that you're trying to accomplish and you have to have these five qualities learn them accountability ethics honor integrity and responsibility and from there it's just a matter of putting your nose to the plow and getting the needed work done and last but not least what is the hardest lesson you've had to learn on this planet while you've been here Another one from my mentor, removing self out of your own way, getting yourself out of your way. That was the hardest lesson that I had to learn. Wow. Tell them where to find you. K-S-Y-E-T dot org. 725-200-8342-702-504-7416. Kids Shop Yet ORG on Facebook. KSYET on Instagram. We haven't really built that up yet. Uh, LinkedIn and Kids Shop Yet on otw2.com and then we have the worldwide kid shop radio network on urban star radio and that's two r's u-r-b-a-n-s-t-a-r-r-a-d-i-o.com forward slash w-k-r-n we're going to put all those links in the description. Do you have a donation? Do you have a donation? Uh, you know, Cash App, PayPal, Zelle, you know. Do you have a donation where people can make donations towards your organization? Yes, dollar sign, 
K-I-D-S-H-O-P-Y-E-T-O-R-G on Cash App. Okay, we're going to put that in the links. Is there anything you would like to say before we leave out? Well, I'd like to thank uh, you and On The Wake Up Radio. You're the hardest working producer that I know of, a great person. I'm glad that Brother Joel connected us. And I'd just like to thank everybody for their uh, assistance this far. I hope we can get other people aboard, uh, our high school students and our young adults. Um, we can get them in the program. If anybody wants to, you know, make a donation for those that can't afford it, although it's nominal because we've been through a lot, you know, it's $10, 20 $50, and you can do dollar sign K-I-D-S-H-O-P-Y-E-T-O-R-G. But I'd just like to thank everybody for their support, Mother Tolan, first black female principal here in Las Vegas, uh, Lou Raglan, who passed on, Dr. Suda, who is still with me, Swan, who's assisting me now, Eka Mama, Miss Pam, my adopted mother, because I have no family here, and it's been a 22, going on 23-year-old sojourn that really has made me a man and enlightened me Beautiful. You've been listening to the hour on the wakeupradio.com. I am Cindy Ashby. And brother, as long as I can give you your flowers while you're here, as I told Dr. Richard Williams, and the only regret I have was I was so busy giving him to everyone else that I said to him, after the holiday, we'll catch up. And I didn't get that chance. And so yeah. that's why I've been like, nah, tomorrow. Let's do this tomorrow. Let's do this now. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. So we're not promised tomorrow. And I love you, brother. You are everything. If no one has ever told you, you bring light from the dark into a room. And I so appreciate you. And I want you to know that while you are here, not when you are gone, but you are amazing. And you are everything the universe makes when they make it perfect. Even though you are imperfect, but right, it makes right. it perfect. Yeah, we're getting there. I know that's right. And we're going to be Thank out. Thank you. If I could. Flawed individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Deanne. Cindy Ashley On the wake up. Just get your body to move. Won't stop till we shake the room, yeah. Just get your body to move. Why do I need to? Why do I need to? Then on the wake up play. Won't stop till they hear what we say, yeah. Then on the wake up play. Why do I need to? Why do I need to? Just get your body to move Won't stop till we shake the room, yeah How to sign up for OTWT Type in OTWT in your browser It will bring up the homepage Then you click the little man with the plus sign To open up an account Use your best email Select a username And then enter a good, secure password now you're at the home page click the key to log in to your account using your password with your username now search in the search bar for otw2 which is the page we're going to subscribe to click subscribe click add as friend as well as click where the videos are click on a video to view like that video as well as 
comment. And your exercise is done. Thank you for your support.